You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Screeners. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. And we're back to talk all things media. Daniel, we're getting close to the Christmas season, Mm -hmm. which means that we're well into one of your favorite times of the year as far as cinema goes, which is award season. Am I right? Absolutely. And so we are going to be talking tonight specifically about the Golden Globe Awards. And the nominations have been out for about a week now. And so we're going to talk about snubs and surprises and the typical madness that is the Golden Globes. Uh, in addition to that, we'll also be doing a full review of Green Book. So thanks, guys, for uh, for being here with us tonight, Daniel. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, one thing we want to do before we jump in is to remind everyone to follow us on our social media channels. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Screeners Podcast. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. And if you're so inclined, you can send us an email to ScreenersCast at gmail.com. So with that out of the way, Daniel, let's move into our main event and let's talk some Golden Globes. Welcome to the main event. Well, since I was out for a bit when my boys were born, we haven't had a chance to do any of the awards bonus episodes like we have in the past couple of years. Uh, We will definitely get to those in the coming weeks. But this week, we had the Golden Globe nominations. And so, Chad, we are going to break down the contenders. Uh, Now, before we dive into those, I give this disclaimer every single year when we talk about the Golden Globes. (laughs) Because you have to. (laughs) You have to. It's required. The Globes are inherently very stupid. They're put on on by the HFPA, which is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. It's literally just a small group of film journalists from outside the U.S., like 90 members, as opposed to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, puts on the Academy Awards. They're made up of somewhere between six and 7,000 filmmakers and artists, the best of the best in the industry. So they, they actually, th- their opinion feels like it's a, a bit more weighty than just film journalists who, uh, you know, like a few who wanna, things. Who want to hang out with the movie stars. Exactly. And so uh, even though the Globes are inherently stupid, they are the second most popular televised awards. Because of that, they do have a way, dumb as they are, to move and affect the awards conversation. So... It is worth talking about. So with all that said, Chad, let's talk about the Golden Globes. I wrote an article for Next Best Picture, a site that I write for, and we kind of talked about the the surprises, the snubs, uh, takeaways from the Golden Globe nominations. You can uh, kind of check that out on nextbestpicture.com if you're so inclined. So, Chad, before I pitch to you, let's uh, let's read just uh, – there are too many nominations for us to read all of them. And, and I should say we are only talking about film here. There are too many nominations to read all of them. But let me just read a couple of the big categories here. So, Golden Globes split up between drama and musical or comedy. And uh, so, for Best Motion Picture Drama, nominees are Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Best Musical or Comedy nominees are Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. For Best Director, we have Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, Alfonso Cuaron, Roma, which I should stop here and say that Roma, you'll notice that was not nominated for Best Picture. It's because uh, for the Globes, it only qualified for foreign language film, and it qualified for the rest of the categories, but it can't be nominated for foreign language film and the main Best Picture category. So that's why you don't see it there. 
Uh, yep. Peter Farrelly was nominated for Green Book, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Adam McKay for Vice. So those are obviously there. There's plenty of uh, actors and actresses nominated in all the different categories. Um, we'll kind of dive into those as we talk about the snubs and surprises, rather than reading all of them because there's just too many. But of course, you can go look up the nominations for the 76th Golden Globes yourself. So all of that intro talk out of the way, Chad. Uh, what what kind of stood out to you with this lineup, good or bad? I think what I also have to say this every year is almost without fail whenever these nominations come out for the Globes, I find myself almost universally irate. And then I have to calm down <laughs> because I, I realize that this is so ridiculous because there there are certain patterns that you see with the, the foreign press mm. that, that you can identify year after year. But I think with this year, there were some things that are surprising uh, when we're talking about the snub side of life that I, that I think is is interesting. I was definitely surprised that Sam Elliott didn't get nominated for a yeah. Stars Born. That's big. I think that's I think that's a home run performance. I'm I'm really surprised there. I'm also surprised that Vice led the nominations. Now yeah. I haven't seen Vice, and right. so who knows? Maybe it, it will be transcendent. I imagine it's probably going to. And again. This is total conjecture, but I imagine it'll feel very similar to The Big Short, which, I, if I recall, <laughs> I really liked a lot and you hate. Yep, is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> so, well, yeah, who knows? What's, what's interesting about Vice losing the nominations now, yeah, not it, it obviously has not come out wide yet, but lots and lots and lots of critics have seen it already. And there's still an embargo, I do believe, at least as, as of this recording, uh, on those reviews. But uh, there's, the social media embargo is up, so we can get kind of brief reactions from critics. Yeah. And Vice is extremely divisive. Some people really love it, and some people like actively hate it, like wow. really, really hate it. And so for it to lead the nominations is, is pretty surprising. I don't anticipate that sort of reaction from the Oscars when we eventually get to those rewards, uh, just because it seems so divisive. So um, that was very wow. interesting. I can imagine with the political nature of that, that that may be the case, but it could be. But usually with critics, they do a pretty good job of just giving their opinion of the film. It's one thing to be kind of cool on a film. It's another thing to actively yeah. hate it. Yeah. So I am very, I'm, I'm intrigued uh, to see that for sure. One thing I wanted to ask you Daniel and I think this may come up again during our Oscar talk and I feel like I just need to say this because I, I get it and I and, and I'm fine with it but this whole thing with Black Panther it bothers me in in the following <laughs> way and here's and here's 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 what I feel like I need to say I feel like two things can be true at the same time one a movie like Black Panther can be very important and can be culturally significant and have lasting impact and have a mountain of positive societal outflows and outcomes while not being one of the best pictures of the year. And while I greatly enjoyed Black Panther, I think on my five-star, zero to five-star scale, I gave it four stars and talked about when we reviewed it, how much I enjoyed it and uh, until the last third mm, lost yeah. a little bit mm. for me. But overall, I think Black Panther is great. I just can't imagine. I can list just off the top of my head 10 or 12 films that I think are stronger and I haven't seen anywhere near all of the awards contenders yet. So 
I agree with the assessment that you put. And the reason I brought it up is you put this in your article. And I think your headline was something like Black Panther is here to stay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right, because I believe this is probably going to be followed up by nominations for the Academy Awards. Now, depending on what it gets nominated for, I just I understand it, but I don't know that I agree with it. So I just felt like I needed to say that because I just don't get I don't think that film is as deserving in this specific award ceremony, but I think you're right. I think it is here to stay. Yeah. So my my reaction, I think you, I think you stated your opinion extremely well. I think I think you're absolutely right. Both thing, both of those things can be true. And so my my kind of takeaway is, I agree for the most part that yeah, it, um, I, you know, I I keep a running t- uh, list of of every movie I've seen in 2018. So I have I already have my best of list as of right now. I, outside of the things that I haven't seen, of course. And right. so Black Panther is not in my top 10. It's not. Um, it's it's very close. I think it's probably number 12 or something for me. So it's close, but I agree. Now, uh, on the other hand, we, we have to think of what awards are. They are not... We would love to think them as, you know, everybody's objective opinion that these are the best films of the year. But it, it is more than that. It is what films... Uh, have been important this year what films moved us in different ways and so Black Panther we, we both agree you just said it it is a very important film for, for right now if, for where we're at and, um, and and it has done an amazing thing and so I think because of that I do think it deserves consideration for one of the best films of 2018 in in terms of when we look back you know 10 15 20 years from now and we look back on 2018 that is that is a landmark that is a cultural milestone and so and so if this were the cultural milestone awards then i would agree with you uh, right (laughs) and so that's the thing i think i think the awards like this can be both things they can be your favorites as well as things that are important i think i think both of those things can be true. So I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't disagree. I really don't. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all, but I think I'm a little more sympathetic. Now, on the other hand, a lot of people are talking f- for the Oscars, not even just the Globes, but for the Oscars. A lot of people, I think, let me look back. Black Panther was nominated at the at the Globes. I think it was just Best Picture drama. I think that's... I mean, score, but as far as the above the line nominations, right. I think that's it. That was it. So, so that's the only above the line nomination it got. So, if I'm thinking about the Oscars, I am totally cool with Black Panther snagging a Best Picture nomination. I, that I I'm down for that. I think that's awesome in a lot of different ways. But a lot of people are talking about Black Black Panther possibly getting Best Director nomination, Best Supporting Actor for Michael B. Jordan. Mm. That's where you start to lose me a little bit. Because that's different. Seeing Black Panther among a list of the best picture nominees as one of the best movies of the year, that makes sense to me. That works for me, especially, like I said, in t- talking about how, how much it's mattered this year and how much it's stuck around this year. But best director? N- no, I, it, it's not one of the best directors. He should have been nominated year. for Creed. Absolutely. What I 100. He, I think, uh, he's my personal winner in that year for best director. Oh wait, no, it came out with Mad Max. Well, never mind. But, um, <laughs> but I agree. So that's the thing. You you lose me when you start to give other awards like that. Like Michael B. Jordan, fantastic performance. Would I give him an Oscar nomination? No, not at all. So yeah. So that's it, that one will be an interesting an interesting thing to watch. I mean. 
it's it's I think we're both in agreement. It's going to get nominated for best picture. I mean, that's pretty clear, which yeah. is phenomenal. I guess my major problem with that will I don't want to say major problem. My problem with that nomination will be 100% dependent on if I feel like there's something else that was worthy that There did will not be. Get you, there, you will absolutely feel that way. There will be some, one of your favorites will miss just like for all of us that always happens every year. And so just prepare yourself for that. But also, I, I mean, let's talk about the fact that it will be the first superhero movie, period. Not just MCU or whatever. The first superhero or uh, actually first comic book movie nominated for Best Picture. That's pretty remarkable. It is. And that's it is. And that's kind of why I say that's an awesome thing. Like, that's pretty remarkable. And so... I, I agree. I agree with all of that. I just feel like move. And again, this this is an, a well-worn argument, but sure. a movie like The Dark Knight that I think right. would be worthy of that nomination doesn't get it. And so when a movie like this does, it feels less to me because it, those movies are important for different reasons. And, and I tend to lean for for my personal preference toward objective quality. Right. Um, I understand that. And, I, and, and that's that's just my personal preference. So anyway, I didn't mean to bog us down and all no, that, no. but that's good. but that that is interesting. So uh, I've I've talked about a couple things, Daniel. What about you? Stuck out one way or the other as far as snubs or surprises? Well, there's a lot of things. One thing that I didn't mention in the article um, is it, not so much a snub or surprise because we knew this ahead of time. Not a surprise. I, I actually have to give the Globe some credit this year. If you look at the nominations more than other years, more than any other year, there are a lot of films that were very honest about their placement, whether they should be drama or musical or comedy, because what what you'll find a lot of years, like last year with Get Out, is that they will be placed in a different category so that they can snag more nominations. Of course, right. drama is a lot more competitive. It's you know it's all the awards films. Musical right. or comedy is is easier. And uh, so Get Out was labeled a musical or a comedy, and it was nominated there, and that's that's great. But come on, it's not a comedy. Yes, you laugh, but it's not a comedy. And you see that all the time. Anything with a little bit of music is labeled a, a musical. This right. year shockingly a star is born bohemian rhapsody those are labeled dramas black klansman is funnier than get out and and that's labeled a drama and i appreciate that so much because it's so much more honest so yeah so that's one of the what's that's one of the best things i see from this year but as far as actual surprises and snubs well let's talk about the best nomination of the entire day i hope you feel the same way Elsie Fisher was nominated for Golden Globe Actress, Musical, or Comedy for 8th Grade. That is phenomenal. I love that nomination so, so, so much. Uh, Have we talked about 8th Grade? I can't remember. I'm on the 8th Grade train. Yes. (laughs) For sure. And uh, that's just one of those movies that very much like the Florida Project from last year. That for me, it kind of gets into your heart and you wish that it could win everything and then at the Oscars it wasn't nominated for anything so I do agree that at least some recognition here even if it's just the Globes is a great thing and I do feel hopeful that nomination makes me feel hopeful for its Oscar chances if you look at the critics prizes that are going on right now all the critics groups are, are giving out their awards eighth grade is doing very very well surprise yeah. shockingly well and so um, not that it's going to win big in, in any Oscars but honestly I feel pretty solid about it getting nominated for screen play and i actually think it could get nominated for picture so i'm really really excited about that that would be great i know for sure when you you were talking about actresses i was back to one of the snubs i knew that the the odds were very very low but i still held out hope that that tony collette would get one for hereditary Mm, i think that performance is 
it's unbelievable. It's remarkable. I agree. Um, it's kind of a bummer there that, that she wasn't recognized. But now I wouldn't count her out. Honestly, um, she she missed here, but she's still very much in competition. I would I would place her. You know, if I were placing my making my predictions, I would place her at six or seven or eight. You know, like out of the five available slots, she's yep. not gone. She's winning a lot of critics' prizes as well. So. I agree with you. I think she'll probably make my personal lineup for for best actress of the year. Like she's very very good in that film. So very quickly before uh, before we move on to our review here, let's talk about two two films that were mainstream is not the right word, but probably a little more mainstream or at least they hope to be compared to some of these independent features and that is First Man and Widows. Man. So, you know, you and I reviewed First First Man. I don't remember specifically how high that's going to be on your top 10. I assume it will be. Mm-hmm. I know on my top 10 it's going to be very high. And then we haven't talked about Widows specifically, but it doesn't look like these either of these films are getting much traction really anywhere. Yeah, put up the caution tape. These films are done. They're done, Um, which is genuinely shocking because they're both great films. They got fantastic reviews. They just are not, they're just not going anywhere with awards. Uh, I should say, with the caveat being, First Man is doing well with with technical awards. Uh, But as far as above the line categories, they, I mean, Widows was shut out completely. It got zero nominations at the Globes. First Man was only nominated for, uh, I believe, Score. Is that and it? Supporting actress. And I supporting think. actress. Yeah. And so, you know, Claire Foy is still in the race. So that is an above the line nomination. I have a feeling that will be its its only major nomination on Oscar morning outside of the technical categories. Man, it's just so strange. Uh, it's kind of hard to track why both of those films have bombed in the awards race as hard as they have, especially when they're both fantastic films. This is my hashtag unpopular opinion because we've we have yet to have a chance to talk about it. But... Whereas First Man for me was absolutely a a mountaintop experience for 2018. I did not fully get on the Widows train like most Hmm, everybody else did. I didn't dislike Widows by any stretch of the imagination. And some of the strongest bits in that film are 100% McQueen's directorial choices, what he does with the camera. His sense of pace Mm -hmm. um, is, is, is wonderful, especially in that genre. Although, unlike his other films, which, you know, I'm on record as saying 12 Years a Slave is a masterpiece, I think that both Shame and Hunger are, I mean, the guy is unbelievably talented, but but this movie for me was super bloated, and, and not from a length standpoint, but just from all of the different kinds of movies that it was. Uh, it was like a mafia drama, and it was a heist movie, and it was a political intrigue. All of this working together, which for most people they really enjoyed. For me, it felt convoluted and slow. Mm. And the performances, just like everybody else, I'm on that train. I yeah. mean, my goodness, these performances are, are off the charts. But I don't know that I, I felt that the pulpiness of Gillian Flynn's plotting lent itself to this, the, the flourishes of McQueen's direction all that well. So I liked it a lot, but I'm okay with it not getting a ton of like Academy Award and Golden Globe nominations, even though I know I'm very much in the minority. So I'm assuming, Daniel, you probably, you really love that movie. I, I really do. Now, I, I definitely don't, uh, I, I, I think I think we can trace back a lot of things that you said and a lot of things that people are saying about First Man as well, track with why they're not getting nominations. Both films are very deliberately paced. They're 
they are not even though you know widows is a thriller first man is a is a space epic you know neither one of those is i i wouldn't describe either one as necessarily exciting um, sure. And that's not a, that's not a negative thing. That's just not what they are. And so um, I think that's probably why they're not doing as well here. Um, even even you know performances like you said with Widows, Viola Davis or Daniel Kaluuya or or any of these, like just not Elizabeth Debicki. All these are fantastic performances. They really um, are. That just aren't doing well for some reason. I thought that was interesting yeah. with with those two. And so anything else, Daniel, that you wanted to, to well, chat I'll just about hit, here? hit a couple of these real fast without diving in too deep. Uh, a couple director surprises. We had Yorgos Lanthimos, missing director for The Favorite, and Barry Jenkins, missing director for If Beale Street Could Talk. Both of those feel pretty solid to get Oscar nominations. Um, and so it was very surprising to, to miss there, uh, and especially for Beale Street. You know, some people have been wondering if Beale Street could win Best Picture. Well, the last film to win Best Picture without a director nomination at the Globes was Crash. So, not great company <laughs> to be in there. So, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Uh, but, yeah, so that that was uh, surprising. I, I haven't uh, seen either film yet, but that was definitely a surprising uh, the the surge of Black Klansmen, it was so funny. When the nominations were announced, they announced them in two bits. They had kind of the, the first half of the announcement, which they did some of the smaller categories. Um, and then they had a second one where they did the bigger categories. And in the first chunk of nominations, Black Klansmen did not do very well. It missed screenplay, which it seems like it was one of the, the things people are talking about with Black Klansmen the most. It missed screenplay. So in, wow. in that 10, 15-minute period before the second half of the nominations, uh, a lot of us were kind of saying, oh, wow, Black Klansman, I wonder if it's going to be shut out. It's, it's I, get maybe it's just dead because yeah. it hasn't been doing very well with the critics either. Uh, and then that second half, Black Klansman just surged. It got over-nominated. It was nominated for picture, director, uh, actor for John David Washington, and supporting actor for Adam Driver, which is, in my opinion, uh, some, some nominations that I'm not even sure that they deserve, and it's my second favorite film of the year. Um, so, right. so yeah, so that was interesting to see it doing so well. It uh, definitely has some staying power there, so that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I think for sure Black Klansman for me, I, I could get on the, the train of a, a screenplay nomination, even though that didn't happen here in the Globes. I could probably get on board with an an Adam Driver mm. nomination, maybe. And I could get on I could definitely get on the, the director train. Picture, no, but I could see those others as we get to Oscars. Now yeah. for Globes, you know, hey, let's just <laughs> let's drink and have a party. I definitely think <laughs> so. uh, I think it deserves a picture director screenplay nomination. I can get on board with Adam Driver just because I want him nominated so badly because he's phenomenal. But John David Washington, again, I love the film so so much but i just don't feel that he deserves consideration as best, oh, best actor at all no no i totally Very agree surprising. I, I think i think in our review we talked about that, yeah, that we, we did we were underwhelmed with his performance and i, I don't want to speak for you but i know for me adam driver continued his string of, of excellent work yeah. so uh so those are kind of the big things we mentioned sam elliott missing which is a big blow uh, again people have been talking about him winning the oscar um, but but not winning here is not a great a great sign. The last person to win the supporting actor without a Globe nomination was Alan Arkin uh, in Little Miss Sunshine, which was also kind of a career win for Alan Arkin. So maybe Sam yeah. Elliott kind of rides the I, same path. That's what I'm. I mean, I just can't imagine a scenario where the Academy 
doesn't give him that lifetime achievement, at right. least nomination. I mean, he's definitely I f- he's safe for a nomination. I, I don't think this is a sign he's going to miss there. I think he feel, he should feel very comfortable getting nomination. But but as far as a win, uh, um, it, it it it's a knockdown for sure. But I think the path is still there. Other other things real fast. We had first reformed, which was totally shut out, even though it's overperforming with the critics. Ethan Hawke is leading the wins with critics groups uh, for best yeah. actor, which is shocking to me because I, I wasn't a huge fan of the film even though Ethan Hawke is very good in it Mary Poppins did very well uh, but missed best song which a- accidentally coincidentally uh, caused Mary Poppins returns and Mary Poppins the the original one from 1964 to receive the exact same four Golden Globe nominations which is kind of crazy uh, that is crazy and uh, Julie Julie Andrews won the globe so um, let's see if Emily Blunt can do the same and then they'll just totally match up which would be kind of nuts so yeah so those are the the big things from the globes so real quick before we leave this segment make your predictions chat as of now we got time so i'm not going to hold you to these too strongly uh what do you think wins best picture drama and best picture musical comedy i think for the drama i'm gonna have to go with a star is born Okay. And the only reason I say that is because, again, as you mentioned, there are 90-some writers, mm-hmm. and a large part of this is them hanging out, having receptions before, and, mm-hmm. and all of this kind of relational kind of campaigning. And with Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, I feel like that's going to be the one that is going to get it. Now, we haven't talked about it specifically, but Bohemian Rhapsody is in there, and I think mm-hmm. that's... You know, come on. Um, I think the dark horse, the dark horse is probably Black Panther. Right. And I know that sounds yeah. crazy, but I feel like the dark horse is Black Panther. But I'd be surprised if it wasn't a Star is Born. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I can't see it being anything but a Star is Born for all the reasons you said. Um, and, and if you look, it, it's kind of weird, honestly, looking at the other nominations for drama because Bohemian Rhapsody isn't going to win. But also, if you look at those... Uh, the ones that were nominated for Best Director, uh, the only one other one is Black Klansman. That's it. None of these other yeah. films were nominated for Best Director. So I guess I would say Black Klansman is the runner-up, but I also just don't see it winning. So, And A Star is Born is a very Golden Globes film. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's grand. It's musical. It's got it's big Hollywood. stars. It's Hollywood. Yeah, so it's very Globes. So I definitely... And, and if you look at actor and actress, I'm pretty darn certain that lady gaga and bradley cooper win here at the globes and honestly i i'm leaning towards them winning the oscars as well so yeah so i think you're right i think a star is born wins drama what about musical or comedy so musical or comedy i think is a little bit tougher to predict Mm. again if i use my quality of film gauge it's probably the favorite but as far as what is going to win if it goes with what the traditional hollywood arc is going to be i would say vice uh, I can't really see it being Mary Poppins or Green Book or Crazy Rich Asians. So I'd probably say Vice is going to win. Yep. So I absolutely think it's going to be Green Book. Um, Peter wow, Fer- okay. Yeah, Peter Farrelly's nomination for Best Director I think is very telling there because that was kind of a surprise nomination. I mean, not a huge surprise, but he was kind of lower down on the list. Uh, to be to, for what people thought would be nominated. And again, this out of those... 
uh, Green Book is kind of the most globesy film. It's um, it, it's just a very crowd pleasing film. It does have a couple stars in it. It kind of makes America look bad, which the Globes likes sometimes. Sure. So does Vice, sure. though. Vice Vice helps. Yeah. There. I think even though Vice led the nominations, uh, I think the Globes also don't want to be wrong. And so I think if now, obviously, once the Globes uh, start voting, the reviews for Vice will be out. And so if it's just getting really, if it's not getting very good reviews or even just mixed, that would just feel weird for it to win there. So I I would put Vice in second place. Um, You know, the favorite missing best director, that that really hurts it. Um, Otherwise, I would say the favorite because it's probably the most acclaimed film on that list. Right. Um, so now before we go to our review, do you think Green Book is going to get any Oscar love? I do. I think it's going to get quite a bit of Oscar love. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, there, there's there's definitely controversy that we're going to talk about. And we will uh, once we get to our review, I'll dive I'll dive in deeper uh, into what what nominations I think Green Book will get. But yeah, I'll save that for our review, which we will dive into right now. Our review of Green Book. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's gonna be problems. Promise me you're gonna write me a letter. No problems. Tell me that don't smell better. I've never had fried chicken in my life. You people love the fried chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right? I'm good. Who would be interacting with some of the wealthiest people in the country? It is my feeling that your addiction could use some finessing. Why are you breaking my balls? Because you can do better, Mr. Balalonga. And that is from the trailer of Green Book, the latest from Peter Farrelly, starring Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. The IMDb description reads, A working-class Italian-American bouncer becomes the driver of an African-American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South. Daniel, you have talked about uh, the fact that that it's no secret that there's some some controversy Mm -hmm. swirling around this film. Uh, It is, however, uh, doing surprisingly well surprisingly well as far as uh, critics Mm -hmm. and uh, box office is concerned. I think the recently uh, it's in the high eighties in the top critics. And I think from an audience standpoint, it's like 97. It's really high. It's definitely a crowd pleaser. And it tells a a story that has some tropes that we've probably explored before. And so let me just get right down to it, Daniel. What did you think of green book? Green book lives and dies on its two leading performances from Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. And thankfully, both performances are outstanding in every respect. Um, And so it it succeeds uh, because of them and and almost solely because of them. While watching the film, there was a moment where I thought, that's Aragorn. How how is that guy Aragorn? He, right. I mean, he just nails this slimy New York enforcer guy. It's really a phenomenal a phenomenal performance, and and Ali is phenomenal as well as Doctor Shirley. And uh, the two, it's just it's a body it's a buddy movie, and the two play really well off each other. They have great chemistry, and so they really work well together. Like you already said, the film itself is full of all the tropes of this sort of film. It's a crowd-pleasing drama set during the civil rights era, but the movie pushes all the right buttons. Thanks to the performances, it manages to be 
charming, uh, light, but emotional. And it just, it just works because of all of that. It's, it's very simple, but it's very effective. And there's, there's a simple, but effective emotional reaction in seeing these two men who couldn't be more different, overcoming their differences and bonding. It's so like, even reading that sentence is so overdone we've seen this a thousand times but we've seen it so often because that odd couple story really it just works it's endearing it's enjoyable and so this man this movie managed to be all of those things and it managed to be funny as well now you 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 started talking and we'll talk more about some of the the controversies uh, that, that that people have with with green book with green book some of the complaints people have and honestly i don't have i don't have good arguments against them I understand a lot of the complaints. I really do. Um, you know, one one of the biggest complaints that, that at least that I've seen is is that this is a movie called Green Book, which is a, a very real book that helped Black people literally stay alive in the Civil Rights era, and yet this is a, a very light and funny and easygoing movie with a white guy as the lead. I, I understand that complaint that, that 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 those two things don't go well together, um, and so I think this movie could have or or even should have gone by a different title, especially since they honestly don't talk about the Green Book very much at all. And, and so I think a drama that more effectively deals with the importance of the actual Green Book should be made. So I understand those complaints. That said, this does show in a very light and easygoing way how racism dies when when a relationship is built that face-to-face interaction and sharing experiences together can break down hateful ideas and it doesn't it doesn't erase negative things that you've done uh, because of those hateful ideas it doesn't erase those things uh, but when it comes down to it this this movie uh is it, just easy light and a crowd pleaser um watching this with an audience was, was was really great the audience was eating it up it just it just works and it's largely because of two phenomenal performances that are two of the best of the year so what did you think of green book chad well i went into this very much expecting something uh more in line with what you were saying probably more drama Mm -hmm. this was one of the big holes for me in my 2018 movie watching list in as much as i went into this not even realizing that the director was uh (laughs) peter Farrelly. had i realized that then i my expectations may have been different he's directed so many ridiculous comedies (laughs) over the year yeah and i do have to say that this film is very funny yeah it is it is is absolutely loaded with legitimate moments of of hilarity and most of them stem from the pairing of this odd couple i do want to agree with you and say that the central performances here are really great mahershala ali is fantastic Mm -hmm. just in general and he's not getting as much credit here as far as what he's asked to do may seem like it's easier of the two performances because Vigo Mortensen's character Tony Lip is certainly more flashy yeah. but what Ali has to do is extremely difficult the moments that are in between the conversations and the pauses where uh, Tony Lip will say something or someone will say something to them and you have to just see him be stoic and react yeah. you can still see what he's thinking on his face and his eyes and so I think the central performances here are absolutely stellar 
I do agree 100%. I, you know, about two thirds of the way through this film, I was thinking that this could be in my top 10 of the year. And then the longer it went, the reason that I that I couldn't fully go there is because it is light. That is 100% true. Now, there's nothing wrong with a film being light. And I am definitely of the idea, just to kind of reference some of the the controversy that you're talking about. Yes, this is a film uh, that happens in the 1960s South uh, in the United States. And the film is, I don't think the lead character, yes, the lead character is Tony Lip, but I don't think, I don't think the problem people are having with it is so much that he's the lead character in as much as that the film is from the point of view of that character. Yeah, yeah. And it certainly is. And I've said this outside of this movie, and I'll say it for as long as I'm alive on this planet. I don't prescribe things onto a piece of art that I want it to be. I just try to accept it for what it is and try to hear the message and see the message that it's trying to tell me. So while I can recognize that those critiques, quote unquote, are valid, I also recognize the idea that they're that's not the story that they were trying to tell here, right? So there is a version of this story that is a drama that is, uh, or even that is somewhat lighthearted, but from the point of view of Dr. Shirley. Yes, but that's not what this movie is. So taking this movie for what it is, there are these well-worn tropes in Hollywood of the white man savior comes in and fixes everything. And there's also the black man or black person savior that comes in and fixes everything as well. I've seen some critiques about this film about it's the white guy coming in to fix the problems and teaching the black guy. It's the black guy coming in and teaching the white guy and all that stuff. Well, the thing about a trope is that it is based in things that resonate with us as human beings. Just saying that I don't think it's a fair criticism to just label something as tropey, especially when it's executed with a certain level of skill. So it is, I think you said it beautifully, Daniel, that there is a wonderful human element to watching two people from two differing backgrounds who come together and learn to Uh, love and appreciate each other and whose hatred or misunderstanding and fear of the quote other goes away because they spend time together face to face and they realize the commonality in humanity. And so this story is a beautiful picture of that. Is it everything that it could or should be? No. But does that mean that it shouldn't exist? Also, no. I think that this is a, it's a delightful crowd pleasing I mean, I hate to even use the word popcorn because it does explore some serious things mm-hmm. along the way. There are certain there are certain things that happen to these guys as we go along that we begin to learn about these characters individually and some of the things they've dealt with in their past that make them who they are. And then, of course, we get some interactions related to their journey through the South in the 60s that deal with racism. There's also some other things without, you know, giving us without being spoilery here that talk about all kinds of things related to these characters that were not looked upon favorably in 1960. I think it does, for the most part, a a decent job of balancing the serious and the funny, but it definitely lands on the side of of light. Mm -hmm. It is surface level, but I think that's what it's trying to be. I would fault this film more if it was 
trying to be more serious and then just failed. I think this movie essentially accomplished what it was trying to do. And so that's going to work for some people and it won't work for others. But overall, I I can wholeheartedly recommend this film uh, just for the performances and the messaging that's at the center of it, because I do think those are all good. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think you said it very well. I think that it does accomplish what it was trying to accomplish. I mean, uh, this is this is not trying to be a deep, powerful drama that explores racism in 1960. This is trying to be a light film that explores some of those ideas through the lens of what what Tony Lip learned on this journey. And now that said, I think it's important to note, um, and I haven't explored this. Maybe you've explored it. I'm not sure. Um, now, the family of Dr. Shirley have denounced this film, which I think is important to know that, that they don't feel it's an accurate representation uh, of what happened. They think some things in the film are offensive to Dr. Shirley, like the fact that uh, in the film, uh, Tony Lip teaches uh, Dr. Shirley uh, how to eat fried chicken. You know that he's never eaten that before. Uh, Doctor Shirley's family found that found that silly and dumb th- 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 to believe that he wouldn't have had fried chicken at that point. So, so there are, there are these things that are important to know. But if you don't know that, the film the film works pretty well. So I can't fault. Of course, if this if this film is an inaccurate representation of of their relative, I cannot blame the the family for for disliking the film. That's that's an important thing. But not having known that, the film. Uh, still works the film is still very enjoyable um you know even if it's maybe not the best representation of of their relative sure and and not to play the other side of that coin but i do think it's also important to note that dr shirley was for the most part estranged from his family sure absolutely uh, and and his existing family are distant family sure so you're talking like cousins or second nephew kind of situations which again doesn't mean it's not true but there's a there's a lot of gray in that whole story yeah. you know that's still going back and forth but you're right you're absolutely right so i do think one of the things that also helps lend a little bit of credibility to credibility to this is the fact that it is in fact based on a true story and a true friendship that these that these men had and that the son of Tony Lip actually wrote the screenplay. Sure. So again, I think a lot of this comes down to point of view because the article that I read about uh, Dr. Shirley's family, one of their major complaints was that it was from the point of view of this other character, Tony Lip, and not from Dr. Shirley. And yeah. that had it been, it would be a completely different story, which obviously we know that is true. I think I think the best thing there is you just make your own decision about that and, and just let us say, or let me say, I don't want to speak for Daniel, that overall, I think the messaging in this movie is very positive. Yeah. I think the performances are outstanding. And it's a good... And maybe this is part of the problem. It's a good time at the movies, right. exploring a time that was not so good. But, you know, honestly, as a storyteller and as someone who makes things for a living, often based around story, many times the best way to get at something awful is through something lighthearted. And so I don't fault that technique uh, just on its face, because sometimes just the simple story of these two men coming together and, and a lighthearted look at that can open up people to discovering the things that yeah. were not good about that era and denouncing that. You yeah, know, that's I think that's absolutely that true. Um, and so, yeah, that that's I think it's I think the film works for what it is. Uh, and I think it's I think it's effective. I mean, like I said, watching this watching this with a, a with a packed house was crazy. I mean, the, the, the audience ate this film up. 
Um, and so I think you're exactly right. Uh, the fact that this film is such a crowd pleaser, you know, we can debate all we want of whether that's the best way to tell a story about the civil rights era. You know, maybe not, but it's the way they, they told it. And, and it opened this entire audience that I saw with up uh, to to the hateful ideas uh, that were there. And, and exactly like you said, denouncing those. So I think it works. Um, and and um, on a separate note, let's 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 talk about Peter Farrelly for a minute. This is his dramatic directorial debut, uh, and it's his solo directorial debut. Um, he just to remind you directs films with his brother uh, Bobby, and they have done Dumb and Dumber, Shallow Hal, Me Myself and Irene. There's something about Mary, and then he directs Dr- Green Book. Right. <laughs> where did this come from? Uh, I don't know. And where and who had the the foresight that was like, you know, who we really need to get for this one, guys? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So he apparently this has been a passion project for him that he's been with this project for for a, a, at least a few years, I guess. Um, and so he's been trying to get it made. So good for him. I mean, honestly, good for him. But before this film came out, it was a big question mark for me because with him as at the helm, I mean, this could have gone sure. in a lot of different directions. And then it yeah. won the audience award at Toronto. And just to remind you that the audience award at Toronto International Film Festival, every winner that's since Slumdog Millionaire has gone on to be nominated for Best Picture and – uh, many of them have won, including 12 Years a Slave, which we talked about earlier, and, and, and many others. So, Since we're there right now, let's go ahead, and I'm not sure that we... Do you feel like we need to dig into spoilers for this I, one specifically? I don't think so. I feel like we've talked about the film uh, you know, as a whole. Then in that case, before before we wrap things up, I'd love to hear what you think about this related to Oscar. Yeah, uh, you, you asked if whether I think it's going to get Oscar love, and, and I really do, and, and there's a few reasons for that. One, it's 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 a crowd-pleasing film, and I think, I think a lot of the Academy will respond very well to it. Now, I don't imagine this film winning very many Oscars, if any at all, uh, but I do think it will be nominated for many. Like I said, I just gave the statistic about the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, so statistically speaking, it, it should be nominated for the Oscars. Obviously, statistics can be broken, so that's not hard hard evidence. Uh, but it but it certainly plays into its favor. It's also doing very well with critics groups and and various groups that are giving out awards right now. National Board of Review, a very high high profile group uh, with their awards, it won Best Film and Best Actor. Uh, at National Board of Review, it's been nominated for Best Film at lots and lots of critics groups. It it's doing real well, very very well, and so yeah. people are responding to this. It was named one of the movies of the year at AFI. So I think because it's such a crowd pleaser, I I think it's absolutely going to be nominated for Best Picture. I think Vigo and Mahershala are are locks for nominations. I think Mahershala Ali. Some people are wondering if he could win the Oscar just. Wow. After he won in 2016, I, d- I don't think so because just for one, it's rare that people win so close together when when multiple Oscars so close together. But I do think he'll win the Golden Globe, and and that's because uh, they snubbed him for Moonlight, so that I think they kind of might want to apologize for that <laughs> in in a few ways. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think it'll I think those three nominations are are very likely. I think it's possible that it gets a screenplay nomination. It's probably like. If I were to make my list, I think I would place it at number six out of five possible spots. So it's 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 in there. 
so yeah, so th- those those are some big nominations. It was deemed ineligible for score uh, because it used too much uh, existing music, so it won't be nominated there. But I do think those three nominations are 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 essentially locks. Well, Daniel, you're the expert when it comes to uh, to all things Oscar and is, awards season. Is that a surprise to you? It is, but again, I am 100%, and I freely admit this, basing my surprise on my consumption of the film mm. and not having read anything about the odds of sure, what's sure. going to happen and all that stuff. I mean, I could definitely see performance nominations for the central characters. Uh, beyond that, though, I think it would be a stretch. Um, but, you know, I'm glad. I, I'm glad that, that people are responding to it yeah. as positively as they, as they are. So, yeah. And I still have a lot of movies yet to see to catch up on on all the awards yeah. fodder for the yeah, season. Yeah, I, I definitely don't see it winning. I absolutely don't see it winning Best Picture. I, that, that, I, I don't think it has any shot of that. But, but yeah, I, I definitely expect to see it in the lineup there for sure. So, Daniel, as we wrap things up, I think we already know the answer, but let's go ahead and do our official recommendations. Do you think people should screen this in the theater? Do you think they should rent it? Should they stream it? Or should they skip it altogether? Absolutely, you should see it in the theater. I think it's totally worth your time. And I 100% agree. This is theater worthy, and you will love it very much. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Well, thank you for joining us for this kind of double header here with Golden Globe nominations and our review of Green Book. Let us know what you think. What did you think of the Golden Globe nominations? Were there snubs and surprises? And then also let us know what you think of Green Book. I'm sure uh, there are lots of people on the internet with opinions of Green Book. Well, make sure you join us next time for our review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But, well, you're out. Don't forget, make sure to follow us on social media. You can also subscribe to us on any of the podcasting platforms and make sure to leave us a review. It helps us out greatly. And with that, we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.